Welcome to Letters to Women, a podcast that explores the feminine genius. Working out is a tough topic to talk about. How often should we work out? How do we balance our minds, bodies, and souls so that we don't make fitness into an idol? Can our workouts be a form of prayer? In today's episode, a letter to the woman running towards Christ, I visit with Jonna from Catholic Women Run, and we'll be talking about all of those questions and Jonna's Advent challenge for women who want to put their running shoes on. Today, we're welcoming Jana, who's a listener who reached out to me to talk about um, the subject of running and how big of an impact that that has had on her faith life and just the combination of those two. So welcome to the podcast, Jana. Thanks for having me. Yeah, for sure. So we'll just jump right into who you are and your story by asking you to just tell us a little bit about the story of your life and your faith, too. Okay, that might be a little complicated, <laughs> but we'll, I'll try. Um, so I am originally from Alabama. Mm-hmm. I am an only child. Um, my mother actually, I don't really know my biological father very well, but my mother started dating my stepfather when I was like three, so mm-hmm. he's basically been my father. Yeah. Um, and my mom actually became Jewish when oh, I was in elementary school. Wow. My stepdad isn't really much of anything, mm-hmm. so I would go to synagogue with her um, for... But what's weird is she also taught at a Catholic school. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> and That's taught Spanish at a Catholic school, so I did have, like... Um, I also had a Catholic boyfriend at one point mm-hmm. in high school, and so it's really interesting that that faith piece has... Catholicism, when I look back, has been there for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then in graduate school, I um, made a pretty bad decision with a relationship, and the way I decided to kind of fix that was A, go to church, mm-hmm. and B, go to therapy. Mm. And so for me, the Episcopal Church was like, I am obsessed with the tutors, <laughs> not just not just the TV show, but actually like the historical time period yeah. of the Protestant Reformation. Yeah. So my nerdy self just was like, okay, if I'm going to go to a church, which one will it be? Let's go to the Episcopal one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and also just because I really have always been drawn to communion. Yeah. It's a really powerful um, experience, especially since I decided to go to church because of like something I had done wrong. Mm-hmm. And so communion for me was this amazing, I get to be a part of this, even though I feel like I'm not worthy of it. Yeah. Yep. And it's just beautiful to me. So yeah. I needed to go to a place where it was like regular because not all Christian churches have communion regularly. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did start going to the Episcopal Church in graduate school. Then I moved out to Los Angeles to do the Episcopal Service Corps. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually knew a few people doing the Catholic version of that. Um, while I was out there, I met that. I forgot what it's called now, though. Mm-hmm. Um, but then... I was out there in L.A. exploring that and what it meant to be Episcopalian and Christian in general and doing service. Um, But I was really far away from my friends and family, so Mm -hmm. I looked for another job um, back on this side of the country, Mm -hmm. uh, East Coast, and found a faith-based community organizing job in Lexington, Kentucky, which is where I am now. Nice. And I got that job and that job involves working with a whole bunch of different Christian denominations. Mm-hmm. And one of the churches that I started working with was a Catholic one. Okay. And so I started learning more about the Catholic church because um, in Alabama, there really aren't many Catholic churches. Mm-hmm. 
And so what I had heard about Catholicism wasn't really necessarily true. Mm-hmm. And so as I started working with people in the Catholic Church, I got to ask more questions. I did have a really good friend in college who was Catholic who I actually started asking her more questions. Mm-hmm. And then I started dating someone here in Lexington who is Catholic, and so I asked him more questions. And then eventually, I was just like, "This is this is where I want to be, and this is the communion that is probably the fullest and yeah. what I want the most." So that's so neat. I became Catholic over Easter. That's so cool. Welcome home. Yes, it feels <laughs> that way. <laughs> that's so beautiful. How neat to have so many neat resources too, like. Um, in a relationship and in co-workers and in friends like that many people to tap into and ask questions to is such a good resource yeah and then it reminds it just I kind of laugh looking back on how many resources I had in the past mm-hmm. to them mm-hmm. the fact that my mom like worked at a catholic school and so um I remember having conversations with my catholic boyfriend about it um back then and um My mom is actually, since she's a Spanish teacher, also very into, because in the Hispanic culture, Catholicism is big. Yeah. So she actually is really excited that I'm Catholic, even though it means I'm not Jewish, because she's like, (laughs) I want to get you a rosary, I want to get you a picture of Mary, like all this Hispanic stuff, and I'm like, okay. (laughs) That's so cool. How beautiful, like, that's accepted and that you get to go along that journey with her, too. Yes, exactly. That's beautiful. That's so neat. So one thing that you talk about your, that you're passionate about is that you le- you like to run. And you talk about how, in your blog, which we'll talk about more later, how your love for running has taught you discipline. So how did God use that passion that you have and that lesson of discipline to bring you back into the church or bring you to the church? Yeah, definitely. So I started thinking a lot about discipline and just the choices that you make. It was actually not until my second half marathon, Mm -hmm. but at that point, uh, my second half marathon I did with an organization called the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, Mm -hmm. um, where you actually like raise money uh, through team and training to um, fix cancer research while you're training for an endurance race. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And at that point I did it out, I was living in Los Angeles and a lot of times our like group runs were Saturday mornings and everything in LA is like an hour away Yeah, yep. <laughs> because of the traffic, even in the morning. So yep. I'd have to get up super early on Saturday to make it in time to the, um, team runs. And so because of that, my friends would be going out on Friday nights or staying out super late because we're living in Los Angeles and yep. we're young. Yep. And I would have to not do that in order to wake up early to run a ridiculous amount of miles (laughs) in the Los Angeles heat. Mm -hmm. Which is not a very fun combination. (laughs) Yeah. So it's definitely not something you would choose to do if like you didn't have a goal or something that you were doing it for. Mm -hmm. And so it really made me start thinking about the choices that we make in the short term really impact our long term like happiness. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. And I love how that can be like, yeah, in, in like tangibly, like in running, but yeah, in our faith life too, where it's like, okay, you know, for me, that, that discipline is like the sacrament of confession. Like I don't, 
I don't really enjoy it because I'm real pride is something that I struggle with. And so like having that discipline to be like, okay, like I know, I know I need to be there. I know I need to make that a, a priority. And yeah, that's, that's so true. Like that's so applicable in so many situations of life. Mm-hmm. And, and that's definitely, cause that makes me think about the fact that running, it's also not something, even though I'm a runner, I don't every time I know I need to go running say, oh, I can't wait. I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm so excited to go running. Mm-hmm. It's like light confession. Like I know I should be doing it, mm-hmm. but I don't want to. But it's not about the feeling. It's like I know I need to, so I just need to go do it. Yeah. Yep. No, yeah, it all goes back to that discipline. That's such a neat connection. I love that. Um, you blog over at For Whom the Lord Loves where you write about your loves of of running and the feminine genius and theology of the body. And so how have you found these loves combine in your life? Yeah. So I'm still kind of learning Mm -hmm. these connections. Running is definitely the one that I know the most about right now. Mm -hmm. Um, And feminine genius and the theology of the body, I just kind of really started getting obsessed with since I came into the Catholic church. Yeah, It wasn't even something that you learn before you go into the Catholic church. Mm -mm. Like, I didn't learn it until I love learning, so I just, I also am kind of obsessive, so I, like, really (laughs) get intense and really get into something when I'm into it. Yeah. So, since I became Catholic, I just, like, have looked up everything I possibly could, (laughs) and I found just writings, John Paul II's writings, and um, other bloggers talking about the theology of the body and feminine genius, Mm -hmm. and really started connecting it to my running, Mm -hmm. because it is related, it's the body, you know, it's it's health, it's body, it's, even though theology of the body a lot of time talks about um, the body in terms of sex, Mm -hmm. there's also just, there's, it's really answering the question of who we are, why we're here, why our bodies are made the way that they are. Yeah. And so I'm, as I'm learning that, it just, I'm just learning how to figure it out myself, mm-hmm. actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because um, one thing that really, one thing, there were actually a lot of misunderstandings about the Catholic Church, but something that kept me away for a long time was oh, the Catholic Church is not friendly to women because mm-hmm. I am a feminist. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I would hear the secular feminist version of what equality and being a feminist is. Mm-hmm. And I also just didn't understand, like, why can't women be on birth control? Yeah. Um, but as I started learning more about taking care of my body and health and how cool it is that mm-hmm. – we can track what's going on in our bodies. Yeah. It just made it easier for me to understand why there were these like teachings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That they're for a reason or like that there's a, there's like a beautiful background story to them. It's not like, you know, people in the church woke up and are like, you know, what would be cool. Let's have women not be able to take birth control. Like there's such a rich history to that, to that stance and, and how much the church does appreciate women as a whole, like mind, soul, and body. And I love, yeah, like I love how theology of the body incorporates all of those aspects. Yeah, I just, I've never, I have never realized how much the Catholic Church loves women. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> until I started learning more about the feminine genius and theology of the body. Yeah, yep. 
And yeah, and it's just so, there's so much to learn too. I I first ran across Theology of the Body when I was in eighth grade. Um, it was part of our confirmation prep, you know, like scratch the surface um, level. But yeah, and just, I mean, here I am years and years later. And every, every time that I read something on Theology of the Body, it's like, oh, I didn't know that. Or I haven't thought of it that way. So there's such a wealth of knowledge in the Catholic Church about, about women and how much, yeah, how much the body is good and beautiful. Yeah. I know. And it's, it's so lovely and it definitely connects to her like physical health and fitness and running. I was actually struggling at one point as I was thinking about the feminine genius on my blog Mm -hmm. with connecting it to uh, running Mm -hmm. because I was just thinking about the fact that like men and women are of course made differently. Yeah. So that meant they had different abilities to run, Mm -hmm. which I was like, oh, I don't like saying that. Mm -hmm. I feel like a man and a woman would be equal when it comes to like being able to get to the end of the race. Yeah, yeah. And I finally found an article that was like, yes, they are equal, but you have to train differently for it. Yep. Which is so true because like the male can really just run super fast. Mm -hmm because of like the strength of his legs or whatever. I don't quite remember what the article said. Yeah. But the female can as well. She just can't train the same way that a man does. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that kind of was my epiphany of, yes, that's why we were created differently. It doesn't mean that we're unequal in this race. Yeah. Spiritual race. Yeah. It's that we have to think about what we need to do to get to the finish line. Yeah. Yep, that ultimate goal of like, yeah, in spirit in the spiritual race, that's that's heaven. And yeah, there is, I mean, given, you know, masculinity and femininity and the way they approach spirituality is completely different based on based on that and how yeah, and it's not, you know, unequal or bad or the other way is not good enough or better. It's just yeah, it's different because we're men and women. Yep. Yep. I love it. And you you write a blog post that I'll link to in the show notes where you talk about liturgical running, which I love that concept. Um, how can running be incorporated into the liturgical life? I was listening to this podcast called The Liturgy Guys. Yes. And have you listened to it? I've heard really good. I've never this. Yeah. Moment of shame. I've heard amazing things about this podcast, but it has, it's on the like, I need to listen to this when I have more time. So this is I yet know, another <laughs> Another nudge no that shame. I need to I have play. so many podcasts that like, are on my list that I need to listen to. So. <laughs> but I started at the beginning because I'm this weird, like, I have to listen to the beginning of a podcast. I can't just start anywhere. Yep, nope, I'm the uh, same That way. was <laughs> actually really good for me because uh, in the beginning, they talk about what liturgy is. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the beginning, they, ex- I, they relate it to exercise a lot like in every episode I feel like the first few they mention exercise Mm -hmm. and they do that because liturgy doing it and practicing it really transforms us yeah and so in the same way with running and fitness and exercise doing the exercise over and over and then increasing your like weights or distance or things like that really transforms our bodies yeah that back going back to that discipline and that endurance factor yeah that's so true exactly so we don't like start off being able to run 26 miles Mm -hmm. or start off even knowing what to do in mass so when I first started going to mass I did not know when to like kneel or rise or (laughs) do whatever it is that you're supposed to be doing yep but it becomes like really familiar 
and you're able to really become what God is calling us to be. Yeah, that's so beautiful too. Even in like, even like the learning of it, right? Like I can read all the blog posts that I want about running, but unless I get out there and start running, it won't really impact my life. So it's just saying like, I can read tons of spiritual books, but until I dig in and I make that, you know, part of my life, it's not going to make that impact that it could be able to. Yes. I, I love that you mentioned that because that is a lot of times what I feel like stops people from doing what God calls them to do mm-hmm. is because it is hard to like know something, but then actually just jump into doing it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's easier to talk about something than to like, oh, you know, running a marathon's on my bucket list. Okay. But saying that to people will not make me a runner. <laughs> like getting out there yeah. and running will you make me a runner. You have to actually say yes. Yep. And then do it. <laughs> yep, exactly. There has to be that that commitment to it. And yeah, and that's the same with our spiritual life. That's Yeah, that's so true. Exactly. I love it. For the culture of fitness and exercise, I think, at least from people who I've, who I have been privileged to know who are involved in that, I know that it can be easy to make fitness into an idol. How can we, especially as women, avoid an unhealthy obsession over exercise and instead have that be a balance in our in our life as a whole? Yeah, this is definitely an important question, and I hadn't even thought about it until you mentioned it, Mm -hmm. because definitely before I became Christian, uh, before I started running, I definitely made fitness my idol, Mm -hmm. because, and you said especially for women, this is something that can happen, I was looking at the ideal in like magazines and movies and things like that, and I felt like... I needed to be exercising because I wasn't good enough mm-hmm. or I couldn't be loved. Yep. So I needed to look a certain way. Yep. Um, and it didn't really become about doing it because I loved myself and because I felt the love of God and I didn't need the fitness piece mm-hmm. um, until I actually started running for like running for cancer research and running for something other than myself. Yeah. And so it's, I think it's really important mentally before you decide to do a fitness regimen or run a race or whatever is to really know why you're doing it. Yep. And that makes me think of like Jesus telling the Pharisees, you have these rules, mm-hmm. but you're about cleanliness, but you're unclean in the inside. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great comparison. Mm-hmm. So it's really about your heart uh, where where that is mm-hmm. uh, because for example last week I was telling myself I needed to stop eating chocolate uh-huh. I could do that out of health because it was all leftover Halloween candy so I literally <laughs> had been eating chocolate for like two weeks Yep. <laughs> or it could be my first piece of chocolate in like two months and I'm being too restrictive and being like oh no if I eat this chocolate then this will mean that I don't look a certain way and I won't be loved. So like both of those completely different ways of approaching health and fitness. Yeah. Yeah. And then the balance is that it stands in the middle where, you know, you recognize the good of food and how it nourishes your body and have a healthy, healthy outlook on that, which is hard. I mean, yeah, especially as women, especially when, you know, you can log on to Pinterest and be like, God, I mean, this is Pinterest. This should be fine. But there again, for me, at least that I've experienced, that's another temptation to be like, I'm going to compare myself to, to what I think that I should look like or what the obvious ideal is for the world. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, and part of that, I actually realized, I didn't even think about this until you mentioned that. I think a few years ago, I started making sure that my social media feeds were filled with a lot of different bodies mm. and shapes mm. and races. That's Because really then when I was exercising, it wasn't from like looking at like that can happen that you just like log on to your interest or your uh, Pinterest and your Instagram and Mm -hmm. you start suddenly comparing yourself. But if you have this diverse feed, then it's a lot harder to get into that comparison. Yeah. Yeah. And then you can intentionally appreciate other people and where they're at in their, in their journey, either whether that's, yeah, you know, with body image or their spirituality and things like that too, without, yeah, without having that temptation to be like, well, I obviously don't look like this. So it's a failure. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that's really good. This kind of just flows beautifully into the next question, which you, we've kind of already touched on, but how does mental health and body image tie into your passion for running? Yes. So I, um, running was this, I realized that everything was a weird, like perfect combination. It was just like this event, uh, in graduate school led to me wanting to go to church and then also start running. And that led me to therapy. So Mm -hmm. like all of this really happened at once. Mm -hmm. Um, but I have anxiety and I definitely have, um, struggled with depression Mm -hmm. and that meant that I had like disastrous thinking, negative thoughts, um, and running really is teaches you not to think that way. I mm-hmm. mean, it still happens, mm-hmm. but you learn, oh, this just is not a good running day. Like yeah. if you're really struggling, it's not necessarily because you did something wrong. It's just, that's how it is. Yep. Yep. Um, and then that made it a lot easier. I wouldn't even say it's a, it, it was a body image thing, but it also was just a self love that mm-hmm. I was having trouble with. Mm-hmm. Like I would beat myself up so much that I, I just, didn't it wasn't just because of my body either it was Mm -hmm. just like oh I made this silly mistake and that means that this is going to happen to me and this is really bad um and running just really helped me get in a better headspace Mm -hmm. to be aware when that was happening yeah that makes sense and how go ahead sorry and going to church did the same things yeah so giving um, communion, giving my uh, whole self at the table, at the altar, Mm -hmm. the good and the bad and the ugly and knowing that like God loved me no matter what. Yeah. That's a beautiful, what a, what a gift to have found, you know, a, an activity that combines all of those things, like for your health, your, your health and well-being as a whole. That's beautiful. I know. I thank God every day for it. And it's, it's, it's really surprising. I didn't realize how important it was to me until I came into the Catholic church. Mm -hmm. Yep. And find that fulfillment. Yes. Yeah. Where it all comes together. That's so neat. Um, this kind of delves into more of like the practical side. Um, what are ways practically that women who are listening or ways that you yourself do this, uh, how can you incorporate prayer into your workout time? Yeah. So the first thing, uh, I would suggest is the first thing that I really started doing was, um, listening to like religious podcasts Mm -hmm. while you're running. So that's how I started listening to your podcast. Um, I started listening to other, um, podcasts. So like fountains of carrots, um, 
Catholic Feminist podcast. Yep. Such a good uh, and it was really because instead of like listening to just music while I was running, I wanted to learn more about my faith. And yeah. so podcasts are the easiest way to do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also an app that I use called Praise You Go. Okay. That it's only about like 10 minutes, but it's like there's music, then they have a reading, then they have a reflection, and then they have the reading again. Okay. And it's always connected to that day. Um, That's neat. Something I started doing... Uh, a few weeks ago in one of my races was uh, praying a rosary. Mm-hmm. So actually it's really difficult <laughs> to pray <laughs> with an actual rosary in your hand. Yeah, I can only imagine. <laughs> and I was really frustrated. So like the next time I started running, praying the rosary during the run, I just like did it in my head. Yep. I was like, I can't deal with all these beads while I'm running. This is a pain. <laughs> yep. And actually my friend and I are trying to figure out a way to create a running rosary. Yeah. So if anyone has any ideas, they should let us know. Yeah, that's a great idea. Or yeah, it's like something that's needed because it would be super inconvenient to run with a rosary. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, And something else I do is, especially because once you start running long distances or getting into a fitness routine that's like, does involve pain, because there is a little bit of pain involved in exercise. Yep. um, You have to know when it's not good pain, but there will be like good pain. Mm -hmm. Um, I either think about Jesus and his passion. Yeah. Or I think about other people who are probably in more pain than me. Mm. I started th- doing that when I was running for team and training because, like, there are people with cancer who are literally in pain all day, every day. Yep. And the least I can do is, like, push through a run mm-hmm. that I'm choosing to do mm-hmm. uh, and offer it as a prayer for them. That's so neat. Yeah, what a beautiful chance to, like, offer it up and have it be something tangible, like, right there that you can offer it up. Exactly. And then the best, which I still don't have – a good handle on is running or exercising in silence. Yeah. Yeah. Holy smokes. That's so true. So often we are just listening to stuff or doing these things while we're running or we, we just don't even have silence in our lives and Mm -hmm. it's really hard to have silence even on runs. Yeah. Yeah. To not fill that space and just let God fill that space. Exactly. That's so beautiful. So speaking of Catholicism and running, you have started up the Catholic Women Run Challenge. So can you tell us more about that? How can women find out more about that group um, and get involved? Yeah. So Catholic Women Run um, is a challenge that actually my best friend and I started, uh, Charlotte. Mm -hmm. She, before I came into the Catholic Church, she and I were talking about, I think I mentioned that I wanted to like, write or start a blog or something and she just mentioned offhand you know you should write about how like your running connects to your spirituality because then maybe I would actually run (laughs) and we kind of just like laughed about it but then I couldn't get it out of my head Mm -hmm. and then when I did start my uh, blog about running and connected it to the feminine genius and the theology of the body Mm -hmm. um, I just realized how much it really did connect. Yep. And around that time, another friend reached out to me. This was kind of a funny story because she thought she was had signed up for a 5K. Mm-hmm. But then apparently the race had run out of 5K spots. Oh, so she had a half marathon. Oh, oh man. <laughs> so she was like, please help me. And she's Catholic. Okay. So, well, I kind of wanted to create this way for Catholics to like run while like being a part of their faith anyway, do you want to try that? And she was like, sure. Yeah. 
Um, and then I put it on an Instagram and someone I didn't even know DM'd me and was like, Ooh, can I try it too? Uh-huh. And so it just, this stuff kept happening. And so I went back to my best friend and I told her that I had created this and a few people had already reached out. And I was like, should we like do this together and for like a lot more people? Cause it seems to be something that people want. Yeah. Um, and so we did, we agreed, uh, we decided to have the, uh, emails that get sent out. Um, well, I guess I can tell you more about it now. Yeah. That's the next question. Yeah. But <laughs> let's combine them. <laughs> okay. Got it. <laughs> so we decided to make a 12 week training plan. So women can either sign up for a 5k, a 10k or a half marathon. Mm-hmm. And 12 weeks is what I tended to like use anyway for those things. Mm-hmm. And also just worked out really well because 12 weeks is three months. And then I felt like that connected to Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Yeah. So each month could be kind of dedicated to a different part of the Trinity. That's beautiful. Um, And when you sign up, you'll get a weekly email with, uh, well, first you'll get the training plan. And then each week during Advent, uh, you'll get uh, prayers to connect to the running days Mm -hmm. because there will be... In the training plan, there's like three run days, one strength day, one stretch day, another cardio day of your choice, Mm -hmm. and then rest day. Um, And then the prayers are connected to each run day. So it's really only like three prayers a week, but of course you can do more. Yeah. Um, And then there are also reflection questions on whatever scripture uh, you were reading that day. Mm -hmm. And there's also a little journal that you can print out if you want to write your reflection. Mm Mm-hmm. And the best part for me is that there are 150 people who have signed up wow, so far. That's beautiful. And so you can also just have a whole bunch of like supports and know that there are other people doing this with you and praying for you. And mm-hmm. it's just really exciting. That's so neat. I think I've run, I've run 5Ks before and I love how when you go running with someone or when you go running at a 5K event, the camaraderie that comes from that and it feels like you're with a community and you may not know these people, but you know you're connected through that same like goal and how beautiful it is that this catholic woman yeah the catholic woman run challenge has that same there's a community you're not doing this by yourself like you're surrounded by people who have that same goal and that's so motivating yes it's it's very exciting it's not only and it doesn't necessarily have to be people in your own town although (laughs) i'm going to try to have like a test group at my parish um, to have like weekly runs but like that would be awesome to see girls from across the country, like meeting with each other and mm-hmm. maybe even doing races together and yeah. things like that. But at the same time, doing it not just for like this normal reason of wanting to lose weight, yeah, but to actually like strengthen their faith as well. Yeah. And how closely those are intertwined. If women are listening and they want to sign up for it, how can they, what are the steps that they need to take to sign up for that challenge? Yeah. So we did get a website, catholicwomenrun.com. Mm-hmm. And there's a area where you can uh, join there. Mm-hmm. You can also, after you've joined, uh, we definitely want most of this to be over Instagram. So you can use the hashtag Catholic Women Run. And you'll be able to see other people who are doing it with you. That's so neat. I know. I, I think I'm pretty sure I've already signed up and got confirmed into that list. And so I'm excited for it. See, see you. Hey, yes. good. I'm glad I went through. Yeah, I think it'd be really <laughs> neat. I just love that idea. I love when everything in your life is integrated. Like, it goes back to that, you know, when Christ at the center of something that's when you know it's it's good and that's when you know it's balanced and I love how there's motivation for growth especially for Advent man like what a perfect time to start that preparation through like a liturgical season of preparation 
Yes. That's beautiful. And well, it's already been so popular that my friend and I decided we're going to do one for Lent as well. Good. Yeah, even better. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but they probably will be very different, um, just like each of those seasons are different yeah. um, uh, topics, not topics, different frameworks. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next one will probably be a little bit different than this one. Yeah. But. That's so neat though. So if you don't, if you don't uh, get this in time to sign up this time, just know that there will be one for Lent. Yes which will be beautiful so last question I think this is one of my favorite questions to ask women who I have on this podcast how does your passion for running and fitness help you live out the feminine genius in your ordinary daily life yes I love hearing everyone's answers to these questions (laughs) and as I've learned about the feminine genius I have learned that uh, there are really kind of four areas of mm-hmm. femininity and the feminine genius. Yep. So sensitivity, generosity, receptivity, and maternity. Mm-hmm. And running is what allows me, because I'm so sensitive and I get really overwhelmed and I have anxiety, mm-hmm. um, I have to give myself time to focus on God mm-hmm. and give myself self-love time. Mm-hmm. Um, in order to be sensitive enough to, in turn, go out and be generous. Because it might seem like I'm not being generous if I'm taking two hours out of the day to go running. Mm -hmm. But it's in that time that I'm, like, spending time with God that I'm able to not be too overwhelmed by everything that I'm feeling and experiencing in the world and actually, like, continue to give to – to others who need it mm-hmm. so that's beautiful I've been exploring that that four aspects of the feminine genius through a, a blog series link up that I've asked like four women to write on about those different aspects of the feminine genius and that again finding stuff that you didn't know about the theology of the body or the feminine genius was something that I stumbled upon I was like oh my gosh like there's so much beauty and that helps define that sometimes like vague like the feminine genius and gives it a more of a, a solid definition yes <laughs> Yes. Amen. And what a beauty. Like, I love having a faith that I can't, I'll never know it all. And that's so, that's not like a discouraging fact. That's just such something that like is an inspiring, like I can always learn something more. Like there's always something more out there that I can, that I can learn about. Exactly. And actually that kind of goes to, so since discipline and running is something that brought me into the Catholic church, Mm -hmm. there are still things that I struggle with, Mm -hmm. uh, with the Catholic teachings. Mm -hmm. But now I've learned that I need to actually give it up as a prayer and say, I don't understand this right now. Mm-hmm. Help me to like figure out why this is. Yeah, yeah. I'm praying for the grace to get to the root of that and, and to delve into, yeah, what's what's the actual reality of what this church teaching is and how how does it apply to my life? Exactly. Yeah, that's beautiful. Thanks for your time tonight. Thanks for sharing about your passion. I, I'm personally and it takes me a lot to get excited for running but listening to you has been beautiful (laughs) (laughs) and beautiful motivation Uh, and I love how you combine yeah everything that's yeah important in your life into that one that one passion and it's beautiful so thanks for coming on the show of course and know that you're not alone in that you don't get excited about running because (laughs) my best friend who actually helped me she actually we talked the other day and she was like I can't believe I, of all people, am starting a running ministry. (laughs) (laughs) That's good to hear. So there's hope for me yet. (laughs) Yes. Awesome. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Check out the show notes to find out how to sign up for the Catholic Women Run Challenge, as well as John's blog and all the podcasts that she mentioned today and the apps that she mentioned too. Please take time to rate and review this podcast on iTunes so other listeners can find this resource quickly. 
And that's all I have for now. So until our next podcast episode together, be not afraid. 